Hey, this is Charles. I am Brandon Madison of Next Legacy Radio, and I have my beautiful guest, the author that I've wanted to talk to for a while so we can discuss the new book that's available, and we will dive deep into it. Um, but I got to say, this, this, the book, I began reading a little bit of it so far, and I can't wait to finish the rest of it because it is intriguing on a lot of different levels. The Work Boyfriend is available, and I want Rebecca Martin to discuss it, and we have author extraordinaire Rebecca on Next Legacy Radio right now. Thank you for coming on, dear. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me. It's such wonderful energy that you've got. Well, well, listen, I <laughs> the, the book intrigued me. So when it came across my line, I was like, oh, I need to interview this young lady. I need to kind of talk about it because I feel like the more we discuss certain things like this, the more people can understand the reason why, what, who, when, how, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think it's intriguing because I think a lot of people will relate to it. So um, before we dive into The Work Husband, a novel, by you. Um, tell us how you got started just with the book writing process and everything about, you know, what inspired you to become an author? Yeah, sure. Um, the Work Boyfriend is a contemporary romance story that I began writing almost 10 years ago, actually. And it has some, you know, um, semi-inspirational moments from my own life working in entertainment um, back in the day when I was much younger and where we were wild and crazy and, and had lots of work boyfriends and made many jokes about it. <laughs> but the theme, the theme in, in the novel is a little bit different. It's about, uh, you know, an, an, a 27 to almost 30-year-old young woman who is in a very stable relationship with, uh, you know, a really lovely human. And her current boyfriend is very stable and wants a very traditional life for the both of them. And Kelly, our main protagonist, isn't 100% sure if that life is for her. And so... So um, the way I couch the book is that it's a bit of a quarter-life crisis, and she's trying to figure out whether she's truly in love with her work boyfriend, which is sort of a non-starter because really they're just meant to be crushes, or if she's going to stay with um, Rob, who is her current boyfriend, and someone who you know can promise her a very nice life. So she has a bit of a crisis of conscience, and there's a little will-they-won't-they, will-they-won't-they um, until the book sort of comes to its natural conclusion, which I will not spoil for your listeners. And for myself, too, because I can't wait to kind of figure <laughs> out what the path is going to go. But, Rebecca, this is intriguing because I don't want to say 100% of the workplaces have the work boyfriend or work husband or work wife or whatever the case may mm -hmm. be. But I want to say damn near. A lot of it has that dynamic and it's intriguing because, well, I'm, I'm telling you my story. Many moons ago, you know, that used to be the saying, oh, this is my work husband, even though there was someone at the house, they were married or whatever the case Correct. may be. It happened. And, you know, what's intriguing about it is it, it, I don't think a lot of people really realize how serious or how drama-filled it can be when you explore this moment. But do you think it's because, the 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 quote unquote work wife and work husband or work partner or whoever it is they're they're so interconnected every single day 
for a long period of time dealing with either, you know, stress-related things they work on together or different things like that. What are your thoughts on it? Oh, I think that's such a good point. And, you know, like the the thrust in, in the story is about how they have such common interests my protagonist and her work boyfriend they mm-hmm. they like the same things they work a lot together they work in a stressful environment and i think you're absolutely right when you have those touch points in a place where your spouse isn't necessarily in the same industry or works in a similar kind of environment it's really hard for them to understand emotionally what you're going through stressful right. like with the stressful situations that you're put in but if you have that closeness with someone at work a friendship can sometimes um, drift into maybe something inappropriate or maybe not um you know mm-hmm. in in the novel I, I don't want to give anything away but the whole point of a work boyfriend is that it's fairly innocuous like it's I think it's completely natural in relationships for you to have crushes or to have you know, like to look at someone and feel, you know, a warmth or a kindness toward them because you spend so much time with them. But it's when you cross a line that things could get deeply problematic. And that's the part that the main character in the story is wrestling with, whether or not to cross that line. And I think that overall, you know, um, a lot of affairs happen at offices. I'm not saying that that's what happens in my book, but, you know, we hear a lot about that in the radio, like through, not just in the radio, but in the media and so on and so forth, that a lot of, a lot of things happen and there's always collateral damage. And I think the exploration of those emotions in a romance novel is something that really interested me. Very, very relatable for a lot of different reasons. And I think our listeners and the people who will be, uh, uh, you know, purchasing the book or, or going to your, your social media and websites and places to, to at least dive into it and get started, it's going to realize that, oh, this, 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 what, this is what happened to me five years ago or 10 years ago. Or it, it, it just, I wound up getting married to the person who, was my work husband yeah. or wife, and they actually turned out to be my work husband and wife. And here we are in the fall, winter time, and, and some of the key talking points I'll throw out there. Christmas season, most popular time <laughs> for the year of cheating, according to 57 percent with a courier at the office, holiday party, things like that. I'll start with that bullet point. Do you find it more revealing that a lot of people are willing to admit that they have cheated? And then they're not talking about specific seasons. They're talking about a single season like fall, winter. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think pre COVID, because a lot of things have changed since COVID, you know, mm-hmm. many of the work parties and even the one that kicks off my novel comes from, you know, experiences that I had working in entertainment at the time here in Toronto where I live. And, you know, like there's a lot of alcohol involved. There's a lot of young people who are trying to figure themselves out. And it's that that point in your life where you're allowed to make mistakes. And I think that that's the part that I really wanted to explore. And, And that's, I think, what, to me, what's most interesting about, you know, just this concept in general is understanding that you're going to make mistakes. The, the hardest part is how many feelings are going to get hurt and whose feelings are going to get hurt. And I think right. that, um, 
you know, I don't disagree with you that the debauchery that sometimes happens at work Christmas parties or <laughs> holiday parties in general is something that can definitely be seasonal. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily related just to Christmas. I can honestly say that I spent a little bit of time working in finance when I was very young, and there was a lot of debauchery at every single party that we went to. Mm-hmm. So I think it's sometimes when what's more interesting to me is the age that people are when they start to work seriously, you know, like you're out of university, you're still quite young, you still don't exactly know what you want out of your life. And, you know, you've come from, you know, maybe a high stress situation of trying to finish your degree or finish your schooling, and you're in your first real adult job, and you don't really know how to act. You don't really know what's professional. You don't really know Mm -hmm. how not to blur those lines between your professional life and what you really should not be doing in a workplace scenario and your personal life, which is often very messy when you're that age, the age of my character. And so what I really wanted to write was somebody who was flawed and could see herself making mistakes because that's what happens when you're in your early twenties and moving into the, the part of your life where, you know, you find the people you want to settle down with, if that's something that's interested to you, or you decided that, road and life isn't necessarily for you, but you can't come to those decisions without making a lot of mistakes in the first time Mm -hmm. and learning just about who you are. And I think that when you're making those kinds of mistakes, those are the, those are the elements of your life, the core memories that kind of begin to show you who you are as a person, because you're still evolving when you're young like that. Agreed. Agreed. Rebecca Martin's our guest on next legacy radio. And I'll talk about the monogamy of, of things because I, I feel like, you know, we're all human. We all make mistakes. There is points in times of our lives. Like you said, you hit a crossroads. doesn't matter if you're young. doesn't matter if you're, you know, at a specific age where you're just trying to, you know, midlife crisis or, you know, earlier crisis or whatever the case may be. I think it's still out there. And I'm going to read one more bullet point when it comes to just the talking points. 85% of North Americans say they experience more feelings of passion and exciting excitement during the holidays, which drove them to cheat. Um, and yeah. I say that, and you're right. I mean, you know, we have the wonderful winter wonderland. We have spring flings. We have what, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the heat of the summertime romance. You know, we have the fall, yeah. fall of, you can name it. It's there. It's been there. It's, it's filled with it. But I mean, I, I feel like this book is important for people to read. I don't care if you've you know, say you cheated or not, it doesn't really matter. But I think the, the better yeah. understanding for me as I'm reading it is more is getting and understand like people's mental makeup when they are faced with yeah. choices. Um, and I think that's 100%. really the, the deepest thing. Yeah. Go, go ahead and expand on that. Cause I think that's the, that's the key thing, right? When it comes to trying to understand a person and in comprehend. Oh my God. Yeah. No, you've got it. That's a hundred percent correct. That's exactly what I was trying to do. And I think I think that you know the cheating is a result of of someone being unhappy about a situation or wanting to make choices or not being able to particularly do them because they're not brave enough in that moment so it's almost secondary to the thought process that's happening before it and so in this particular story as it's written she doesn't cheat on her on her partner oh that's a bit of a spoiler so I don't want to give that away but I think it's it's mm-hmm. fine because um romance readers in general don't like it when people are cheaters um right, and right. I think that you know for me what what 
you know, like I wholly, I wholly agree with you that it's about getting to know yourself as a person and the why of what you're doing. And that's really the motivation that I was trying to get at with this particular character. I think, you know, you know, Christmas is such an interesting, it's such an interesting time. It's so rich with so many traditions. There's so much about family that's in the moment at that time, but it's also a really high pressure situation if you're not quite ready for it yet. You know, a lot of engagements happen over Christmas. It's a a lot of pressure to get the dinner right, to, you know, to make sure that everyone's happy in that moment, to, you know, to, to sort of like move from adolescence into adulthood in terms of having your partner with you and your partners are meeting your family. And there's just so much wonderful tension there that can really come across on the page. And I think that that's why I was really looking to explore setting the novel in this time period. It's really quick. Like it, it opens a couple of days before Christmas and then the whole story sort of um, comes to, comes to a, a conclusion on New Year's, on New Year's Eve. And for me, I love setting stories with that kind of pressure, with that kind of tension, with a, a timeline that is really defined because that puts the pressure on the characters to have to act, to have action that's going to drive the story, that's going to drive the story forward. And so it was really important to me to set the stage with that kind of a setting, with that kind of a pressured situation, to add already to the complexities of what the character was going through emotionally, trying to figure out if she's going to stay with her boyfriend or if she's if she really wants to leave him for her work boyfriend. And and I think it's important for not only for people to to check out the book the work boyfriend is you know so far i've dived into it and when i gave my review it's 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 already have drawn me in not just it being intriguing but i think it's important for people to you know to really read and understand and comprehend and just you know enjoy the journey of what's happening and uh one one rating and one review i want to read as well the characters in the book uh the the work boyfriend um are outstanding in fact Gasp at the very last paragraph in the book. Um, the Manhattan City Book Review uh, gave that a five-star rating. Makes me want to go back and find out what happens in the end, but I got to keep reading because I just, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want to spoil it for myself too. But at the same time, I, I I love the pace so far that I've begun with it, and I think it's uh, and I think it's a testament to your vision as far as the the what you want to put out. So when you began this process, was it a lot of like, you know, let me find, you know, uh, you know, some people to talk to, some some homework that you had to do yourself in order for you to kind of get this in gear and get this out to the public? Oh, that's so interesting. My process is a little bit different because um, I the characters are already fully formed in my head and the story is already there in my head. So it's just mm-hmm. a matter of getting it down on paper. So this novel was really quick to write the first draft. The first draft came in probably about six weeks, like because the story is already there, but then, Mm -hmm. you know, you're editing, you're revising your, you know, the first draft had a, the, the, the first terrible draft. It was a really terrible draft had this whole like third storyline of her like boyfriend from high school that just wasn't working. So like, I think what's very interesting to me about the writing process isn't necessarily the first draft, Mm-hmm. It's getting to the end of the first draft so that you can start editing and pushing the story and really knowing where you want it to go. Because for most writers, the hardest thing is getting to the end. And for right. me, if I can get to the end of a draft, then I know that I will, that I, that I'll have the novel. And I think that 
for many aspiring writers out there, the hardest part for them isn't necessarily to get started, but it's to get to the end. So Mm -hmm. I think that for me, you know, like it's, this wasn't necessarily a story that needed a ton of like external resource research other than me setting it at a time period where I had to make sure, well, were they using blackberries at that moment in time or did everybody have iPhones? Like those, (laughs) those details that come, come later as you're reading and revising but but for the most part, the, why the pace in the novel, it, and I appreciate you saying that, is because I wrote it in a flurry. Like uh, like I literally sat down and had the draft within six weeks, and that is something that I really appreciate when people notice because that's really important to me. Every writer loves to put something in the world where the readers are just drawn in at the beginning and want to keep turning the pages. So oh, that's what's most no, important to me. That that is where I'm at right now. Rebecca Martin is our guest on Next Legacy Radio, and, and I and I and I feel like Rebecca, that's a testament to your vision and your creativity. You know, and we have to give you your flowers as far as the effort that you're putting out to create your vision, get your vision, and it takes. And I know in some cases it's time consuming. You're telling me a story how you put or compiled everything together, and you know you made your edits and you know six weeks here and some work there with editing. I mean, that's a lot of work to be able to get something done. What made you feel like after you were done editing, after you were done and you read everything from, you know, line to line, okay, it's ready. What made you feel like after all the work that you put in, it's this is done, I can be able to give this to the world? Do you want the honest answer here, Charles? (laughs) Yes, yes. Give it to me. Give it to me. Um, well, luckily, we don't write in a vacuum. I had a wonderful editor named Fiona Simpson, and she helped me really craft this version of the novel. But for me as a writer, it's when I hate it. If I hate it, <laughs> if I've read it too much, <laughs> if I can't look at it again, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so it. that's how I knew. I, I hated it. it. <laughs> I love it. I love it, though. I love it. And that's as honest as honest can be because, you know what, some authors I've either talked to or dealt with, they're like, you know what, I can't even pick this up anymore because you've looked at it to death. You've done You've done exactly. all your edits. You've done all you can. I don't want to say it anymore. I'm, I'm good. Here, get this over here that's so right. somebody else can get it and give me your, your thoughts or anything like that. I love your honesty when it comes to that. And, and again, let me give you your flowers. It is important for, and, and to me, people should be inspired by that. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's one of the jobs I feel that is needed when it comes to an author is to be able to, um, you know, tell your tale and story as far as how you put work together. Because, you know, in some cases it can come to you quick, or some cases I've, I've known some authors where it's taken 10 years for them to actually get one book out. And, you know, and oh, to me, yeah. it's, you know, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and in some cases it's, you know, for that person it might be okay for their path because it's their story they're trying to tell, right? Correct. And I think, I think it's a little bit different for writing commercial fiction, which is what this is. You know, mm-hmm. like um, it's where my voice naturally sits as a writer. I try to write a literary novel. It's still in my drawer. It's like probably 25 years in my drawer now and Mm-hmm. And, you know, like when you're trying to force something that doesn't come naturally and you're trying to push your voice in a direction where it doesn't want to go, that makes it even that much harder. I think this right. book is so close to my natural voice as a writer, which is why it came out so easily. 
And I just had to trust it. You just have to trust your own voice as a writer mm-hmm. and you'll get to the end of your story. You'll, you'll really get to the heart of what you're trying to say. I think the moment that you try to force it, the moment that you're trying to write like someone else or, you know, say your favorite author is Laura Lippman or Margaret Atwood or, you know, Margaret Lawrence, any of sort of the really greats that are out in the world, you know, the right. minute that you're like, oh, I have to write, I have to write, I have to write a story just like Margaret Atwood writes or like another one of my favorite authors' name is Varya McFarlane. I have to write just like Varya McFarlane. Well, you're not going to be able to do that. You have to trust your own voice. And the moment that you believe in your voice is when the stories will really start to come to you. And that's not to say that you don't question it and you don't feel like, you know, it's not good enough or, you know, like it's it's never going to be published or I'm not going to find a place for it. For me, that's always been secondary to just the work of writing. It's something that I just really, really love. And now that I get to share that with other people, with the novel being out in the world at the end of the month, that's really exciting because, you know, obviously every author wants to see their book on shelves. But what's really important to me is the work. It's like every day getting a thousand words down on paper keeping a, mm-hmm. a notebook where, you know, you hear an ins- like somebody say something bonkers and you're like, did that person actually just say that? Oh, I have to write that down. And it's right. where us as writers are magpies and we're just soaking up the world around us so that we can bring those experiences to the characters that we bring to the page. It's, I think, the, the most wonderful thing about being a writer. And, it, and, it's, and it's beautifully orchestrated, and I can't wait to read the rest of it. Rebecca Martin's my guest on Next Legacy Radio. And, you know, as we talk about the work boyfriend, which is available, people will we'll dive into where you can be able to make the purchase, uh, you know, get that good read. And, um, and I, I need everybody to discuss and talk about it. And as we will get that, um, you know, we, we discuss how dynamic it can be when it comes to the, the, the workplace boyfriend or girlfriend or a partner or whatnot. Um, you know, there, there, there's some communication that I always feel when it comes to any relationship, you know, before it leads to something else or, you know, how deep you can go, you know, not just the out, the house versus the workplace, but just communicating yeah. between two individuals where I feel like in my lifetime, and I'm still learning this and I'm in my forties. So, I'm learning communication and comprehending and how important all of it is together. Yeah. Not just one versus the other. You have to comprehend what someone else is trying to say and be empathetic in the process. So with everything else that we talked about when it comes to just, you know, the dynamics of it all, um, it all comes back down to how are we going to communicate so we as a couple can be better so we, as a couple, won't fall into some temptation, correct? 100%, yes. 100%, yep. Absolutely. But my character does not do a good job of that. So you can <laughs> read the book and learn what not to do. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> And you know what? And you know what, Rebecca, there is there is a lot of people and I feel like a lot of people are, are you know, they're they're going to relate. They're going to relate to Kelly and they're going to relate to oh, this was me or you know what? I've grown from that because I yeah. used to be like that and I'm not like that anymore or you know, they know somebody who dealt with or had situations like that that might be similar but yeah. um I think relationships is is like that. I think, you know, no matter if you're single or not, 
um, you know, there's still an evolution when it comes to that or, you know, how things can work. And I think sometimes, Rebecca, it, it you know, here we are, 2020, I was about to say 2013, good Lord, 2023, <laughs> and, and yes. here we are still struggling with the, you know, and, and, and I'm saying part of it also, as we discuss communication and comprehending, there's also a mm-hmm. surrender when it comes it as well. I think you have to surrender yeah. certain things about it. Your ego, put it aside, you know, for the betterment yeah. of the relationship. You know what? Not, I'm not going to win every battle or I don't want to win every battle. I think it's important for yeah. a lot of people to kind of express that because if you do, you might, your relationship might last a little longer, right? Yes, 100%. And I think, I think part of I think part of what makes a successful relationship, even one that's on the page or one that's in real life, is exactly what you're saying, which is not being afraid to express how you're truly feeling. Because mm-hmm. the mistakes that my character makes are because she's not able to really accept what she's feeling. And I think that it takes life and experience to be able to do that. You know, like we're just, I've just dropped my 13-year-old off and he's full of all kinds of adolescent emotions and, you know, trying to help him understand, like, he doesn't always have to be emotional in the moment. He can hold the emotions back and and right. sort of talk about them later when when you don't always have to explode as, as the first reaction to everything. Mm. And I think, I think that that, you know... Part of dealing with your emotions with your partner is also having a bit of grace with them and just allowing yourself to not be the center of attention when the the other person beside you is perhaps going through something just difficult in that moment in time. And I think that balance between active listener or the one doing the talking is what's really important in relationships. And my character doesn't understand that yet in her life. And that's okay. The whole experience that she may go through in this book may get her that place or she may never get to that place. But Mm -hmm. I really agree with you that the most important thing in a relationship isn't always talking. It's it's listening too and um, being able to figure out exactly how you're feeling and be able to, to come to, to that with an element of grace. Like, maybe I didn't act the best way when I was at that Christmas party with my work boyfriend and I right, have done what right, I have done. Right. <laughs> but if you can have a bit of grace about the situation, you know, there's always forgiveness in the world. And I think that that's what's sorely lacking it, uh, right now is we need a lot of uh, grace and forgiveness. A, a, and, and, you know, sometimes depending on who or what the situation is or first surrender, I'm learning surrender. Yeah. It's something new to me. Like, you know, you, sometimes you, like I said earlier, you just, you, you, you don't want to win the fight all the time. And sometimes it's okay to stop the fight for the betterment of, you know, it doesn't have to be a fight. I'm just, you know, paraphrasing, but yeah. you know, you, 100%. you get to the point where, you know, you have to stop because you want peace more than anything else with that person that you're really trying to connect with. And I think it's important. Rebecca Martin is my guest on Next Legacy Radio. And uh, as we wrap, I want people to know where to go to get this book, The Work Husband, a novel by this extraordinary author so they can be able to feel like I feel because I need to get this. I need to finish this book. I'm so excited. So where can they go get it? I think Amazon is the, probably the best place. Uh, the Work Boyfriend on Amazon.com or Amazon.ca. 
Um, you can get it in uh, Kindle or you can have it as a physical book. Either way, I am so excited for people to read it out in the world in at the end of November. Perfect, perfect. And social media, are you on it? Do you have it? Where can people find you? Website and all. Uh, it, everything for me as a writer is uh, at a particular handle called at Tragic Right Hip. Tragic Right Hip. Correct. Perfect. That will stand out. So I need everybody. Search. <laughs> grab. Tragic. Right. Hip. Make sure you find Rebecca Martin. Novel. The Work Husband. Get it, get it, get it. Subscribe. Go grab it. Go do what you got to do. Amazon is the place to go. It will be on nextlegacy.com on the website. Um, and, I, Rebecca, I can't thank you enough for hanging out with me um, on this day. And, and you and I will stay connected because I definitely will um, make sure that I push and promote this book, and I will give you <laughs> my review and everything else that's going to come with it. I'm excited now, and I can't wait to dive deeper into uh, the characters of this book, and I'm just totally looking forward to you know, uh, not just having you back on to discuss it, but also putting uh, my review out there and um, and just give you the support you deserve. I have to give you your flowers, not just for accomplishing this book, but for what you're doing in general as far as giving people uh, 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 something to think about and something to um, digest as well and to be inspired as well. So thank you. Thank you so very much for your time today, Charles, and I will accept those flowers. Maybe they're tulips, which are my favorite. Oh, you know what? We have to give you your tulips. Absolutely. <laughs> we will do that. All right. You have, we'll a, have, a really, have a really wonderful day. You do the same, Rebecca. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next Legacy.